Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season two, episode 10. We have made it to the end of this season of Center Stand. Uh, this last episode, we are going to be talking about adventure riding. Uh, adventure riding is the fastest growing segment in motorcycling, uh, and the definitions of what adventure riding uh, is been growing as well. So that's a whole lot of fun. Um, we are right here on continuetheride.com. So before I kick off this one, I want to remind everybody that all of our episodes are available at continuetheride.com. They're for free. So go ahead, log on there. And remember, these are always produced by your friends at the Progressive International Motorcycle Shows. So I want to welcome our two guests. Both of them are from Backcountry Discovery Roots. You have heard it as BDR. Um, uh, Ina Thorne and uh, Tim James. Uh, Ina, you're the Director of Operations, and uh, Tim, VP and Creative Director, both for BDR. Uh, and for any of you listeners who are not familiar with BDR, first off, shame on you. And secondly, it is an amazing uh, nonprofit organization that creates um, off-highway routes for dual sport, adventure motorcycles, and the company uh, introduces new routes with free GPS tracks and that sort of thing since 2010. So easy to find at ridebdr.com. Um, check that out. Uh, as we're chatting here but uh ina thank you so much for uh joining us today we're going to kick off with you ladies first as it were uh as a uh, director of operations tell us a little bit about what it is you do with uh with bdr uh yes hello everyone it's nice to be here um my main goal is to basically run the daily organization uh, operations of the organizations anything from you know administration marketing organizing events, communications, and then of course a huge chunk of my job is uh, doing fundraising for our nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you are an uh, adventure rider yourself too, because you're not just coming at this from an administration standpoint, you're an enthusiast, correct? Yes, absolutely. Adventure riding is my passion, and uh, you know I, I do have something to uh, to say for it. In 2016, my uh, at that time boyfriend uh, and I uh, did a trip from Seattle to Ushuaia, uh, you know, to South America um, for six months. We quit our jobs, uh, sublet our apartment, and and left. Actually, it was 2008. Uh, we just elected Obama at that time, mm -hmm. uh, and you know we purchased two new KLR KLRs uh, 650 uh, for probably a price of one used GS, and uh, you know started traveling down south um, for six months. We rode through 13 countries, uh, 17,000 miles, and needless to say, you know it changed my life. And when I came back to Seattle, started looking for. A job in the industry and ended up working uh, for TourTech USA as a marketing consultant and, the, and then eventually was offered this job at BDR because I had um, over 10 years experience in nonprofit uh, management. So kind of this job, you know, is definitely combining two passions of, you know, nonprofit work and adventure riding for me. All right. So we know that you're an enthusiast. We know that you're into... Um uh actually writing not just uh preaching things but actually participating in this uh tell us a little bit give us a little bit of a background of how bdr works um with dealers uh directly uh so 
you know, as an organization, we produce one BDR route a year. And part of that route release is a feature length documentary film uh, that shows, uh, you know, a group of riders going on a seven to 10 day uh, first expedition of the route. And so um, once we release the route, usually beginning of the year, uh, we organize a national film tour and we work with dealerships across the country uh, to hold special events. So they would purchase the rights to show the film at their dealership. And um, it's a great opportunity for them to bring existing and potential customers during the off season and show them, you know, a variety of bikes and accessories and gear that's available for them through that dealer to go and have an adventure like a BDR on their own. Um, and so, you know, people come in the winter and start dreaming about the riding season and making plans to explore on two wheels. And last year, prior to COVID, uh, we were releasing the Northeast BDR film and we had over 50 dealers that signed up, you know, all around the country to host these uh, special film events. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so I've I've been lucky enough to see some of these uh, and in my own background as a marketer, I can say that the BDR materials look great, the the consistency of it, the quality of it is absolutely professional. Uh, Tim, this is uh, uh, kind of your bailiwick here, right? The James Howard Creative Group uh, took on BDR as a pro bono account, uh, and um, and you guys have been largely responsible for for giving it that professional presentation. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit how um, how you guys have been received in the motorcycle community and uh, by dealers and and that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I well, thank you. It's great to be here, Robert. Um, thanks for having me. And yeah, I think that um, what you, how you just described the, the organization as, as professional is what we get a lot. You know, it doesn't. Um, and Ina always will say this, that um, people perceive BDR as a much larger organization than we really are um, because of how, how tight all our materials look. And, and, you know, I'll take some of the credit for that. I mean, the brand, the initial branding was already in place when, um, when we started working with BDR. Um, and we just kind of took it to another level. We just kind of raised the bar a little bit on the branding and, and uh, we were able to, to uh, rework the website entirely, um, rework, actually rename uh, the URL um, to Ride BDR. So um, that was kind of a, an idea that I had that, you know, if we can, if our URL can be a call to action, we're really going to mm -hmm. win. Mm -hmm. And and it wound up being that way. And, and I think um, we even have people refer to us as Ride BDR, not just PDR. So, sure, sure. Uh, so I think a BDR in some ways becomes sort of a, you know, the Kleenex for a, um, you know, adventure riding trip, right? We're going on a BDR kind of thing. So I think that, I think you've, you've got a little bit of a, um, uh, advantage there. Yeah. And, and that's a, a, a curse and a blessing, right? I mean, because, sure. um, you, you want your brand to be, to be the known brand, like, like Kleenex, just as you explained it, that's a perfect example. Um, but you also want to have your own identity. We are the true BDR, right? Mm -hmm, <laughs> but it's, mm -hmm. it's nice to hear people saying, I'm going to go do a BDR type ride. I, I'd right. love to hear that. Right. And, and you come into this as a enthusiast rider as well. I do. I, you know, I, I'm an East Coast guy. Um, I grew up just outside of New York City. Um, so I was, as a kid, it was tough for me because 
I loved dirt bikes, but there was really no place to ride them. So um, mm -hmm. I wound up getting in trouble more on my dirt bike than than, than ever because just riding around the town um, or trying to find an open field. Um, so I, you know, I moved to, to street bikes uh, when I got my license, but always wanted to get back into the dirt. So uh, I did that probably in my in my 30s, and then. Uh, later on, uh, when adventure riding came about, I, th that was the, the golden ticket for me. So I kind of jumped on that um, that activity and, and, and went full in. Um, and I've had some, uh, an opportunity to, to ride some really good places around the world um, uh, and and uh, kind of bring that experiences to, to BDR. You know, uh, and obviously we've gone through our ups and downs and, you know, everyone has on, you know, in their personal lives in this last year. Um, and then the industry has had its like sort of highlight and lowlights as well but um maybe this is a question really to both of both of you guys is um what has been like you know the impact we know that there have been a, uh, a big bump in adventure bike sales i don't think there has ever been a more compelling um group of adventure bikes available for all the way from you know from smaller displacement stuff uh, i'm thinking of like the new um, the CRF 300 uh, rally type bike all the way up to, you know, the biggest, heaviest, most badass motorcycles out there. But um, I guess what I'm getting at is, is how has this bump in adventure bike sales correlated to more interest with you guys? And then as you mentioned before, you know, uh, you know, a lot of what you do is is group gathering at dealerships and you guys were not able to do that probably as much in this in this last year is finally loosening up but uh can you guys speak a little bit to the the opportunities you guys had this last year to expand bdr attention mm -hmm. you know during the pandemic i think one of the things that you could do safely is just get on your bike and go explore the back country on your own you know and be out there in fresh air and so uh, for us, we've definitely seen a lot more people contacting us with questions about riding the BDR. You know, more people are supporting us because they've ridden the BDR and they've experienced the benefits of just being out there, riding on their bike, being one with nature, and then they want to give back in return and support the organization. Um, definitely more people joining our Facebook group pages. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a... Um, a specific group page for each of the routes where, you know, we have a direct connection with riders and they can post ride reports, ask route specific questions. And so uh, those groups have been just, uh, you know, overwhelmed with the amount of people joining them. Um, and, and so, yeah, it definitely feels like more riders are joining the adventure riding segment, you know, and whether they're coming from uh, riding street bikes and realizing that, hey, I actually want to see where the dirt uh, road goes, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or seeing some of the younger riders uh, moving from dirt bikes into the adventure segment. And again, being able to go out with all your gear and camp off your bike on a long distance, you know, uh, five to seven day uh, trip is kind of what, you know, it's the it's what we can do safely during these times. So, Tim, to follow up on that point, how has how have you guys sort of changed communication strategy? You know, I gathering at dealers wasn't an option in the second half of last year, really. So, so yeah. how has marketing changed for you guys to be able to uh, connect with um, participants? Yeah. So I think Ina kind of mentioned that that. Uh, 
Well, we certainly couldn't uh, do our, our, our dealer um, uh, movie screenings, which was a big draw for the dealers. And the dealers loved the screenings, right? Because as Enid mentioned, we, we schedule those uh, right when we launch a route, usually in the beginning of the year, which is kind of the off season for, for the motorcycle industry. So uh, dealers love bringing you know, anywhere from 50 to 300 people into their dealership um, in the middle of winter and to watch a film and, and uh, you know, walk around the showroom, kick tires, buy accessories, you know, start dreaming about uh, riding one of these BDRs. So I think, uh, you know, not having that opportunity after last March, we uh, we did a few, um, you know, virtual uh, virtual screenings. Um, mm -hmm. We certainly it, 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 it's the same time, I think, that we really launched our um, our, our Facebook group pages that, that Ina mentioned as well. Um, and I think that that really was, was one of our substantial ways that we grew the community um, is through that, uh, that kind of one-on-one -on -one connection with, uh, with riders in, on, you know, in the local areas. So, so I, you know, one of the, some of the conversations we've had with dealers and people in the aftermarket is, is speaking to the fact that the pandemic really, forced us to get creative no matter what you know yeah. and uh yeah. uh and and find new ways of doing that so it's, it's cool to hear that you've sort of sharpened that end of the pencil as well right yeah. as well as your live events and certainly yeah. as we're going back into things being more open and you know our ims to outdoors tour is going to be kicking off really mm -hmm. soon um and uh and and going out there and doing that what can you kind of uh, project ahead um uh, you know what's going to be happening uh, in the future with uh, with BDR. Well, I mean, it, it, we're going to hopefully go back to normal and have you know um, and go to these events. Uh, we're we're certainly going to be at um, some. Do you, do you uh, have some booked already now, or are you still working on that? Well, we're going to be at, at um, a select number of the IMS outdoor events uh, uh, across the country, and we're looking forward to that and, and connecting with with riders. Um, you know, face to face, which has been a year since we've been able to do that more than a year. Um, yeah. And the, the our other opportunity that we missed um, now two years in a row actually was our, our, our annual fundraiser, which we will select a, a venue somewhere where there's some really great adventure riding and, and invite um, our supporters and some industry folks in um, for a weekend of, of riding and collaboration. And, you know, we have roundtable discussions about adventure riding, about BDR, and, and it's the one weekend that we can really connect with our su supporters and our sponsors who, who, uh, who attend. So next year we'll, we'll actually, um, Actually, when is that scheduled, you know, the... Um, yeah, so the, we the do have a date in spring next year. We're going to the East Coast. Uh, but, you know, we're still, through the end of this year, we have another online fundraiser scheduled. And, and we've really dialed in these kind of broadcast... Um, uh, you know, events where we would broadcast from the Seattle studio and either show a film or, you know, talk about upcoming routes. And uh, it really kind of, we <clears throat> did have to raise the bar a little bit and find ways to connect with our customers mm -hmm. online, like a lot of companies has, have done, but certainly looking forward to uh, more in-person events uh, in the coming year. But I, I see us also continuing um, some of the, you know, online uh, broadcaster events as well, uh, in addition to having in-person events. Yeah, I, I, I sense there's a lot of, you know, now that we've uh, opened Pandora's box, we have to keep playing there, right? So, uh, yeah. um, and, and I think that probably that's going to bring in 
more eyeballs. I, you know, one of the things that I'm particularly interested in is the beginner side of adventure riding. You know, when you look at the stereotypical BDR guy with, you know, aluminum panniers and covered in stickers and, uh, you know, 150 horsepower motorcycle, big, heavy thing that could be really intimidating for somebody who's relatively new to it. And, um, so what, what do you guys do to address, we, you know, we're on the back end of a year's worth of exceptional sales, but a, um, sort of dearth of community. So what are you guys doing to reach out specifically to new uh, people who are new to the industry and perhaps are riding lighter weight type motorcycles? Mm-hmm. You know, when we did presentations at IMS shows in the last uh, couple of years, one of the topics was, you know, what is adventure riding and how do I get into it? And we've always uh, said that adventure riding can be done on any budget and on any bike. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to invest a lot of money uh, to do it. You know, it's it can be a pretty cheap sport if you get a used bike and, um, you know, out- outfitted lightly and just go and have fun. So, uh, you know, certainly talking to new riders at events like the IMS show, um, and and really one of our goals for the future is to be able to attract a younger generation of adventure riding. You mm-hmm. know, I don't have to kind of say it again that, uh, you know, s- s- the adventure riding, the original adventure riding demographic is aging, right? So uh, we all need to work hard at attracting um, a, a younger rider. And so what, you know, making it more accessible financially, you know, and, and really um, making sure we tell them that, you know, it's not, you don't need much to start adventure riding, right? Right, right. Yeah, that that's a good point. And I think a lot of the OEMs have, you know, have kind of adopted this, um, you know, adventure riding and 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 put bikes, um, entry level bikes that that are more than capable of doing you know uh, adventure rides. So uh, it mm-hmm. was great to see that. You know, for a while it was just the, the you know the big bore bikes and 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 uh, you know they, they're they're not the easiest thing to to learn. I mean, it's it's certainly easier to learn on a smaller bike um, and and work your way up to a larger bike. But um, just that I think every single OEM is in is in uh, you know is in adventure riding now, right? I can't think of one that's not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, I mean, the growth has been just just exceptional from a product standpoint. Would you guys talk a little bit about some of the partners that you've had working with uh, BDR? Um, this year is uh, uh, BMW. Um, you guys are celebrating the 40th year of the iconic GS. Um, yeah. So that that's a big partner this year. But you've worked with other brands in the past. Would you speak a little bit to uh, some of your industry partners and uh, and those relationships and how they're how you guys are sort of co-benefiting each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we we certainly depend on support from uh, corporate sponsors in the industry to you know keep going and and keep doing our work. So uh, in in the past and you know through today we've partnered with OEMs uh, through corporate sponsorships. And, um, you know, in terms of bike manufacturers, whenever an OEM is launching a new adventure bike model, uh, they turn to the BDR to help them 
introduce that model to the adventure uh, motorcycle community. Uh, you know, in the past, uh, we worked with Honda when they were introducing the Africa Twin KTM with their 1090 and 790. And this year, we're partnering with BMW um, as they're celebrating um, the anniversary of the GS. You know, and so what we basically put a, a bike and a, and a rider into a BDR film and show uh, the capabilities of this bike on a long distance uh, BDR type adventure, uh, you know, and, and I mean, I, I would have to say that, you know, we've certainly raised the bar on, uh, you know, what, um, you know, the representation of, of the new bike and, and the way to launch it to to the adventure community. Uh, you know, we, uh, and then also working with other aftermarket um, manufacturers and brands in the industry, uh, BDR has the biggest mailing list, I would say, of <laughs> adventure riders in the nation. Uh, mm -hmm. Over 50,000 adventure riders on our mailing list. And this is a very targeted uh, demographic of riders, um, you know, who are actively seeking information and planning their adventures to ride the bike. So it's not like you buy an ad in the motorcycle magazine and you know the Harley guys will see it and adventure riders will see it, dirt bikers. Like this is a very um, targeted demographic. And then we help uh, you know promote these brands in our films through newsletters, uh, our website advertising and so on. And so this is sort of what BDR offers to these companies is kind of the ultimate in permission marketing. You know, mm. our riders trust our brand um, because for the last 10 years, we've been by the community, for the community, offering these resources for free. And so there's a certain authenticity, um, you know, that comes in in this working relationship with corporate sponsors. Um, we, we, we promote products that we're 100 percent behind. And so, you know, the community trusts us and then. You know, in turn, we're one of the best vehicles for OEMs or the corporate sponsors to present their products to to the customer. Yeah, I think I think the key word that Ina used there is authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, when when we're um, you know we're showing that we're showing the bikes or the aftermarket uh, parts and accessories in 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 their element and in full use, and and sometimes things work and sometimes they don't, and and it's not that we edit these things out of the film, you know. Uh, it, it's it's really so. I think our viewers get to see you know real world examples of these products in use, and and they can make their decision on what you know what's right for them. So as uh, BDR has grown, certainly in influence, are you guys working together with MIC, AMA, Blue Ribbon Coalition, Orba, anything like that, or or do you try and are do you stay? Is that something you consciously stay away from and, and mm. just kind of stick to your own brand or um, is is that influence um, you know starting to elevate up into those national level organizations as well no no we lean in we totally lean in and I think mm -hmm. Ina can talk to this um, pretty well of how we um, how we uh, you know we we kind of partner with these other um, these other organizations that are like-minded mm -hmm. yeah definitely you know continuing to fight for access uh, is in our future and, and trying to develop these relationships. Uh, you know, we mainly try to partner with uh, smaller state organizations like the Trails Preservation Alliance or oh, TPA is great. Yeah, TPA, yeah. Corva, Onimova, where, um, and I've said that before, but you know, we, we see BDR as sort of this umbrella organization where 
we don't necessarily um, you know, have contacts or expertise in lobbying or building trails or doing any sort of this kind of work, but we're really good at raising the money and galvanizing the community support and being able to, you know, promote these causes to our community. So we, you know, we, we choose, uh, we, we have a program where we actually give grants uh, to other nonprofit organizations who are doing the good work on the ground. Um, and so that's kind of where our fight for access come, comes with is in partnering with these organizations and working together to, you know, continue to fight for access. Yeah. For instance, um, um, you said you're in New Mexico, Robert. I am now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there is a um, there is a uh, um, off highway riding area um, called Elephant Rock um, mm-hmm. that that we uh, that we helped fund some some uh, renovations they were doing to kind of bring it online and expand it and that happened last year and there um, and and this year so the, the the park is open and and it's operating and this year we're actually even helping them um, with their branding a little bit and try to uh, raise awareness about it and and. Uh, at some point, we're probably going to, it's a little bit off the uh, New Mexico BDR, but we're going to probably do a little side route to get you out there and help support mm-hmm. them in that way as well. So, Tim, uh, to kind of expand on that, you know, as we get back into group activities and uh, dealerships are going to start opening up and, you know, outdoor events and rallies are happening Speaking specifically to our dealer audience right now, what are sort of their best practices or what when you work with a dealer, what are the things that often get missed that a dealer can do to increase attention to, you know, to have a more successful event? How would you, you know, what's your advice to a dealer to to kind of be able to step up uh, in a professional way that BDR has done on a national level? Yeah. So I think building local community, I think that the dealers have all gravitated to that over the years, right? It's all about having events, local events, getting people into the dealerships and and, mm-hmm. and talking to them and building. And, um, you know, I think certainly one of the things that, that uh, they can embrace is is potentially training events uh, to get to get people ready to, to go out and do a BDR. What, what a better way, you know, do a local training event, bring in some um uh, you know, some kind of training outfit or uh, organization that can come in and, and lead it for them uh, and get riders ready, you know, and, and uh, they maybe even give them the ability to try different bikes, demo different bikes um, to, so they can kind of zero in on what's right for them. So I think that's probably one really good way um, is to build a local um, uh, a local adventure riding community. And, and I can tell you from experience, um, we, you know, Max BMW up in, uh, who's got four locations up in, in the Northeast, they sponsored our last route, which was the NEBDR, um, which is another opportunity dealers have is uh, a local dealer can can be the official motorcycle dealer of a BDR. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were for the Northeast BDR. And, and they've done a great job of building community and just having rides like, you know, uh, you know, at least once a month in, in the season. And I think that's a great way to get, you know, get people into the dealership and looking at their next bike or, you know, um, what accessories can they add to their bike, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, we, I, I want to, uh, I want to, we've been very positive about adventure bikes. You know, obviously this is, this is the world that you guys live in. But um, we also have to be sort of self-critical about our industry, right, in order to be better. So, um, and, to, and to keep the momentum that we were sort of gifted through the, the pandemic here. Um, 
Would you speak a little bit to what, you know, a fear or a concern you have when you try and project, you know, how to move ahead, what, what might get in the way or might, what might balk that success that, that we've been having? You know, every year uh, when we have a successful fundraiser, I, I start worrying about the next year and thinking, oh my God, you know, they're not going to donate next year or we're not going to be as successful uh, at raising money. And somehow it, uh, you know, we always come through and every year um, has been uh, better. But kind of to piggyback on what Tim was saying, you know, I think it's so important to develop those personal connections with riders. You know, even though like, these OEM brands, they're these, you know, huge corporate entities and uh, they work really hard at, you know, trying to garner attention from the community. But it's it's sort of the same as what we do at the BDR and why I think we're so successful in some of the uh, uh, ADV brands that are really successful right now in the industry is they're really trying to develop those personal connections with riders, one rider and one customer at a time, you know, whether it's at dealership events or at rallies or, um, you know, anywhere. The interactions of the salespeople and the customer facing team with riders is, I think, is ultimately what will leave a good or bad impression with the customer, you know, and creating these opportunities for riders to come together at your events and experience the camaraderie uh, of this shared passion for adventure riding and to share their experiences that that's what ultimately I think will make people follow your brand and that's how you're able to turn them into your brand evangelists and again you know that authenticity is show them that you're a company that is by riders and for riders and give them the opportunity to come together and experience you know the the the, the fun of adventure riding I think that's you know always raising the bar and kind of in the future you know, making sure we have great events for people to come together and ride and um, is, you know, is a challenge, um, but also an opportunity, you know, to find to find a new venue, find new routes for them to do. Uh, in fact, you know, right now we're kind of kicking around the idea of expanding the formula of the BDR, which has always been, you know, a, across the route, across the state routes, uh, within like a thousand mile range. Now we're thinking, well, why not make some of this, you know, some small, smaller and manageable BDRs that are maybe loops. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, and, and Tim is really good at that, you know, always staying ahead of the game and, and trying to think about new ways to engage with the community. I think that that will ultimately, you know, make you successful. Yeah, I think, I think that the point there is that, you know, now that we've been we we become the Kleenex of of you know adventure writing as you said Robert you know I th I think we have to continue to raise the bar and yeah. and offer more and not just give back the same formula every year I think that the community looks to us to, uh, for more you know it's it's a it's that uh, syndrome of rising expectations right <laughs> every year they're going to want more and we just have to continue to be be up for the challenge and not not be complacent you know and and I think the group of people at the BDR are. are are fully aware of that and on board. Yeah, I think one of the challenges we all have in business is you don't know what you don't know. And then mm -hmm. sometimes when when you're scared of what you don't know, it stops you from moving ahead. So uh, uh, that clearly is something that you guys have uh, 
uh, have tackled. So I want to put a fine point to the end of our uh, conversation here. Uh, and, you know, you did a great job of already sort of answering this question, but I want you to try and drill it down into just one or two sentences, okay? And um, and Tim, I'll, I'll, I'll pass the ball to you first on this, but if, uh, if you were to address the entire motorcycle OEM dealer network and aftermarket at one time, I gave you the microphone to, to give them a couple of sentences from a BDR perspective. Uh, what piece of advice or what, uh, what statement would you want to say to the entire industry? I mean, I think, I think to the industry, um, you know, I think that, you know, a rising tide, you know, lifts all boats, right? Mm -hmm. So you think about that is if, if we're, if we look at this as the adventure riding um, segment as, as just this continue to ride this, this, this growth, uh, you know, put brands aside and, and, you know, it, it's all about building this community and building and, and, you know, getting more riders out there and, and making their choices. And, 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 and if one OEM is successful, they're all going to be successful at this, right? I mean, just continue to offer options to riders and, and build on this segment. I think that that's what I'd have to say is that, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be so brand oriented. And I know from an OEM standpoint, that it's all about that's tough. That's that tough, tough. And yeah. I understand that, but, but, and, and completely, I, I, I really understand that, but, but, you know, it's all for the greater good, right? If everyone's out there, it's just going to grow, right? If, if the more this, if this industry grows, the more everyone's going to be successful that has their toe in it. Right. If they're okay. smart. You know, what is your elevator pitch? Uh, you know, continue to raise the bar on products and services you offer. Um, being authentic, authentic and connecting with riders, meeting them where they are, whether at rallies, events, at dealerships, um, and then you know, engaging. I guess with riders on social media. I think that is such a huge part of um, you know the marketplace and and how we communicate with customers now. And so. Um, having an engaging uh, social media and making sure we respond to, you know, all those messages we receive and then being able to build and grow that uh, kind of internal uh, base of, um, of enthusiasts that are really standing behind your brand, I think is so important. That is fantastic. I want to thank you guys both. Uh, I believe that... Um, Authenticity and communications are absolutely critical. Those are those are things that, in my career, um, have uh, have driven my work uh, in the industry. I think you you can't BS a motorcyclist, and I think of this the second that you try and do that, uh, you're gonna uh, you're gonna run into trouble. Um, so I want to thank our two guests for joining us today. This is the uh, final episode of Center Stand in the second season. Miss Ina Thorne, Director of Operations for BDR, uh, and also Tim James, VP and Creative Director for BDR. Thank you both for an enlightening conversation today. Really do appreciate that. Uh, as I said, we're wrapping up season two, but there will be a season three. I haven't gotten fired yet. How about that, guys? Um, so uh, uh, hopefully we'll be able to do some of that on the road during the IMS 
uh, outdoors season that is going to be kicking off in mid-July. Uh, make sure you check out MotorcycleShows.com to get all of the information on the outdoor season, uh, which is going to include tons more demo rides, Discover the Ride, and all of our regular partners just underneath the sun where we all want to be anyway. Um, so if you have any topics you want us to consider for season three, uh, you can shoot us a quick email to imspr at informa.com. That's imspr at informa.com. I want to thank you guys all for listening in to Center Stand uh, for these past couple seasons. You can subscribe to free uh, e-newsletter that features articles that dive into our discussed topics. Uh, subscribe at continuetheride.com. Once again, thank you very much for our friends from the BDR. Make sure you log on to ridebdr.com and make sure you get your bikes good and dirty in the coming riding season. Thank you all very much, and we will catch you down the road. 